This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. I feel smiles as the morning still over thy cheek and over thy breast where thy little heart does rest. Oh, the cunning wows that creep in thy little heart asleep when thy heart does awake then the dreadful night shall break. feel it can you feel the power man i was looking at the meters on this uh the side of the the dial and it was maximized 
I hope that you felt that 100%. You are in the Sandman Lullaby here on RPA. Yeah, that's the Real Paranormal Activity Network. You know, I jump in every once in a while just to say, Hey, how you doing? How's life? How's your dreams? Are they treating you nice? Where do you want them to go? What do you dream as? And tonight... Or today, wherever you may be, we bring you actually a listener. I got a hold of a listener. And they said, hey, I'm a dreamer. That's you, Aaron. Hello, Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it's like a hundred, I think, in 64 countries that your wow. your beautiful voice is going to. Thank you. No pressure at all. No pressure. No pressure. No pro- I, I sound like a big papa. It's like, big papa, what you want to talk to these women about? <laughs> I want to talk about the paranormal. You know, that freaks some people out when you talk about dreams and the paranormal. Well, um, it, it, it is a little... Uh a little bit scary, but I think in an enticing and definitely interesting way. Um, I'm fascinated by this topic. When did you get this fascination? Was it when you were young or when you got a little older? Definitely when I was a young girl. I, I loved dreaming. Um, now, granted, dreams weren't always pleasant. Um, I definitely had a lot of nightmares as a little girl. Um, but, um, I definitely had some wonderful dreams, you know, the kind that you definitely can't wait to get back to sleep so that you can revisit your dream. Um, so I, I, I definitely think it's a fascinating topic. I'm just really excited to be here and I want to thank you so much. No, no, and thank you all it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Invade your personal space. <laughs> no, you're not my personal space, baby. <laughs> Big Papa loves things, think things like this. Tell me some of your background. Well, my background is definitely um, colorful, for lack of better terms. Um, I, I have a beautiful son. His name is Ethan. He's 12 years old. He's a really amazing kid, very artistic, um, makes all A's, is in all advanced classes. Um, so um, that is my, my number one job, so to speak. Um, but I, I did go to school for medical assisting and nursing. I have a sales and marketing background. I work for my dad's business doing marketing for him as well. Um, but I'm looking to go back to school, actually, uh, to become an addictions counselor. Um, I'm a recovering addict, so um, I don't mind sharing um, that part of my past is, you know, it's part of me. Um, so... But that's what's going on with me. I, I'm looking to go back to school. I want to help people um, to show them that there's a, a better way to live. You know, I feel like um, addicts are, are some of the most intelligent, colorful, and creative people I've met. And, you know, we kind of cut ourselves short from being who we, who we could be. Um, so that's that's definitely a goal of mine and i'm i'm actually looking into starting up uh classes 
so maybe I can help touch some lives in a positive way. Use some of my pain and my mistakes to, you know, to help people. I think that's the most beautiful form of redemption I could possibly do. See, a lot of people, they, uh, especially when you're in recovery, you have uh, using dreams. And it, yes. it will freak you the hell out. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, can you kind of explain like a using dream to the listeners? Because a lot of them probably don't understand what a using dream is. And it... it um, yeah. um, absolutely. Um, a using dream for me, um, well, I'll just share a personal part of my history. I, I recently had a, a horrible relapse after nine years of sobriety. And... Um, over a year ago, and eventually that that journey led me to incarceration. I just got out of uh, jail on April 10th. I did 11 months, um, and of course there was a lot of a lot of uh, self hatred that came along with this. A lot of um, regret um, and just uh, a lot of shame, and so. Um, one of the one of the things that stood out to me when I was in there, um, um, and I would say it was about my fourth month, you know, and um, four months away from my last use, the dreams started to become very real and um, very scary. A using dream is perhaps uh, you're in you're in the dream and you're well. For me, it was I was getting a particular drug or making arrangements to get and it started out where I something would happen and uh, something would keep me from from actually obtaining the substance so um, eventually um, it, it got more specific and more detailed and eventually in the dream I'm I'm using and um, you know, I would wake up with sweaty palms, uh, severe anxiety, a lot of chest pressure, um, you know, and there's a lot of fear because the one thing that I feared the most upon my release was, you know, going back and go, going back and backsliding and, and contacting, you know, people and, you know, that I knew that I could get it from. And so it keeps it really real. Um, I think it it can be a healthy thing because you know it kind of reminds you you know hey you know, you've got to get serious about this you got to you get serious about your recovery um, but uh, using dreams you know it's, it's anywhere from going to get it or you know you're actually using it or maybe even seeing in your dream a familiar face uh, somebody that you used with um, from time to time or on a daily basis so. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Very scary stuff, though. Definitely keeps it real. Especially if you get, like, a drug test the next day. Actually, that that happened to me. Um, oh, really? I was just I was just feeling the vibe, and usually, most of the people I know that usually have a uh, using dream. It's usually they're they're like, "Oh man, I can't do this because I got a drug test tomorrow." Um. Yeah. Um. Uh, the first time I ever uh, attempted to get sober was in two thousand and nine. I had done sixty days in jail and. I um, I voluntarily went into rehab, and I mean, I just, I didn't know how to live any other way, so my family had kind of started watching Intervention, and they, they started practicing the tough love, which I'm so glad they did, um, so I went into rehab, and I remember I, the whole journey was 18 months, and I wasn't court-ordered to go, but I went through the whole process, and I remember having a using dream. And then the next day having to submit a urinalysis, and the fear was so real. I actually, and I knew I hadn't taken anything or done anything, but I was so afraid I was going to fail that test. It sounds ridiculous, but the fear was so real. And, uh, yeah, bloody palms again, you know, anxiety. um, So, yeah, that's kind of crazy, but it's just so real. It is. How do you advise people to, to cope with these using dreams? to let them know that that's, you know, perfectly natural for the body to give you that information in your mind? That's an outstanding question um, um, because, um, you know, um, through rehab I did learn some tools. Um, You you got to have an emergency plan, you know, um, to, to keep, you know, to keep your sobriety you have to be willing to go after it just like you went after your drugs. So uh, one thing that I was told to do was to talk to someone. Um, you know, if you're in an inpatient program, a counselor or, you know, uh, someone that you trust, someone that's, that's got some experience and some, you know, someone safe to talk to, uh, your sponsor. I was told to, you know, and I have done this, talk to a sponsor. Um, mm-hmm. Journaling is is really helpful mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because it brings these things out and, you know, over time you can see, you know, your journey, your growth. Um, but, uh, you know, and they also teach you to, you know, some positive self-talk, you know, like, you're okay, Aaron, um, you know, it's just a dream, you know, but right away I would, I would definitely, I'd talk to my sponsor or counselor um, or, you know, someone that is in my support network. On your ratio of good dreams, bad dreams, what do you have more of? Um, well, now I would say, um, I can't really say percentage-wise, I would say that I'm I'm having more, I don't know if they, I would say good dreams, more interesting dreams. Um, okay. Uh, bad dreams have, have kind of stopped. Um, 
I haven't had that many in a long while. So um, I'm definitely at a place where uh, they're more interesting now. Um, and and as time goes on, and I'm I'm away from you know being in jail and and you know more time between me and my last use, the the dreams are starting to get more positive and detail about things that I want you know, in my future. Um, seeing these things come to fruition in my dreams, you know, um, I see myself and my son in a beautiful home. Um, riding in a nice car or I'm with him at the beach on a vacation. So that's pretty, pretty neat. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Okay. I got one question that this is another kind of taboo question, but uh, you know, uh, talking about dreams in jail, because you know, a lot of people don't experience the being in jail, especially if you're not like a political prisoner and you might've been caught with like pot on you or something like that. So, uh, What's the difference of the dreams in jail and those on the outside, which are more vivid? Um, actually, uh, my dreams in jail, and <clears throat> I would have to say um, a lot of them were actually in my dream. I was actually dreaming that I was in jail. Um, or in some sort of confinement, which is, it, it sounds crazy, but um, I remember the first real vivid dream that I could remember um, in jail was um, me, and I was at a, uh, I, I thought it to be like a work release where I was still kind of in jail, but I was allowed to go and, and obtain employment, and for some reason I end up in this um, trailer I'm not sure why or how or who was residing in there, but I was actually being sought after. The police were looking for me, and I hadn't had a chance to even work yet, and I'm hiding behind an Afghan blanket behind someone's recliner. So <clears throat> uh, most of my dreams, like I said, were in the beginning, or at least the first half of my time there was like me in some sort of confinement. Um, one dream I... I dreamt that I was in it had to have been another country because um, there was languages being spoken that I didn't recognize and the people looked different, but um, kind of reminded me of Auschwitz, if you will, right. the Holocaust camp in uh, Poland. Um, it seemed like that because it looked similar, um, which I'm a huge World War II um, I, I, I buff you know i i've read a lot of books on it i've been studying it for years and just the whole war fascinates me but i i don't know if that's why you know because sometimes you can dream about things that you've read about or that you're interested in and it just comes to you in a different way but it seemed to me like some sort of uh, prisoner camp what's your view on reincarnation you know um a good question because I I've uh, read a lot and, and watched a lot of uh, documentaries and videos about um, you know some dreams um, being kind of related to or someone had believed it to be a past life um, and so yeah especially in a lot of the videos I watched were young children where they 
you know, they would um, dream about um, maybe being in, in in a war or some sort of service, um, maybe an iron worker, if you will, or, you know, um, being a mother in, you know, maybe the early 1800s or something. I do believe that, I believe that there's there's um, definitely something beautiful um, that um, when we perish, um you know, I, I do believe in, in God. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, and although I don't, I, I'm a type of person where I, I kind of have to see something to believe it or, you know, I, I it's hard for me to have blind faith. Um, but I, I believe, part of me believes that there is a possibility, a good possibility of reincarnation. There's some dreams that I've had that were so vivid and ongoing Um throughout, you know, my life that, you know, that I was, um, in an old style home and farming, foraging my food, hunting, um, and I was a widow, um, and I couldn't tell you what period of time exactly, but that dream has been an ongoing dream of mine. Um, so I definitely think it's a possibility that, that we go on and and become you know and live another life so is that a reoccurring dream or does the dream continue it's um reoccurring i never i am always in this dream i'm always um taking care of an ill child um and i'm always working very hard <laughs> like in a field um, around the house um, and, and it's not you know uh, easy work it's, you know even preparing a meal in these dreams are you know uh, big to do so I, I think you know, I've often wondered you know what does this mean and you know I read so many books and you know there's a lot of dream interpretation books um, you know dreams from A to Z um, some cultures believe, um, you know, that uh, dreaming was a was a form of paranormal communication. Uh, my grandmother passed away on my dad's side when I was very young, and um, she was never able to speak to me. As far as I can remember, she was never able to speak verbally. She had a lot of strokes, a lot of health problems, but we would talk through our hands. You know, one side of her was paralyzed. But, you know, through through her, the finger talking that we would do and the affection, there was a lot of love. I didn't get to know her long. She died very young. But um, I have a lot of dreams about her where she'll be coming to me and sometimes it'll be just a look. You know, I'll be going through a hard time, something difficult in life, um, and there'll be no speaking. Like she won't speak, but... Somehow through her looks or her stares or the feeling that I get when she approaches me, it's like, you know, she doesn't need to say anything. It's, it's a form of comfort or some way of letting my intuition, you know, tell me what I need to do without her ever saying anything. And I think that, you know, I, I read a lot about a lot of people when they lose someone so close to them. It's a very traumatic thing. Um, it's very painful. 
um, especially when you don't really, you know, if that person was your whole world, like your whole family. Some people don't have any family and they lose someone that's, you know, it's like losing a huge part of yourself and through dreams, um, we're able to visit their loved ones that have passed and that happens to me a lot. I've lost a lot of friends too, um, due to the partying lifestyle, you know, growing up and as a teenager, I've lost a lot of friends, car accidents, you know, um, tragedy, suicide, um, you know, um, overdosing, and it's a, a light cut short, you know. Um, but I've had my friends and uh, family members visit me in my dreams, and um, so that's that's a it's another reason why I love you know the idea of dreaming. I, I think it's 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 either you know looking, uh, remembering your past. Um, cherishable moments that you want to remember, a way to communicate, you know, with with the deceased and can be a way to also, you know, look into the future, you know. Um, you know, and then it's you know, our brain brain activity. You know, some of it can be you know, you can dream about maybe an argument you had at the office or something. But um just lately, I've been looking to study more into the psychology of it. Um, I think uh, Sigmund Freud was the first um, psychologist to actually start studying and, and writing about dreams. It's just fascinating to me because, you know, we don't, no one can truly say, well, this is why, you know, and this is what it means. The speculation of it all can be, you know, overwhelming and but also interesting, you know. Yeah quick question. This is usually one of the questions I ask right when we're almost reaching the end. If you can uh, go anywhere in time and space or have uh, meet somebody in your dreams, who would that be or where would you go and why? Wow. Um, that's such a neat question. Um, I would have to <clears throat> I would have to say and it's hard to narrow it down because you know I'm I'm fascinated by history and you know there's so many people uh, that have done so many amazing things and set the pathway for for you know where we are today um I I don't really have a specific person but I I definitely would want to go back to you know uh, the World War II era um, and um, actually I, I would love to just meet or talk to one of the um, one of the soldiers maybe that you know that, that risked his life or gave his life um, you know to to fight the Nazis and what they were doing to people, you know, just the cause. I'm, I mean, I would love to just, you know, talk to them about, you know, well, first of all, I would, I would definitely love to just thank them for everything. And, um, probably General Patton too. I would love to talk to him. Um, yeah, he was big on dreams too. I'm sorry. He was, he was big on dreams. Yes. 
He was yeah, big on reincarnation absolutely. and all that. Yeah, he was. Um, he was a real hero to me. And um, you know, I, I definitely have a huge, huge place in my heart for active duty and veterans. But um, I definitely think I would go back to that time. And, you know, just just talk to anyone, anyone actually from any branch of service, really, and just get an idea from their point of view, you know, what it was really like to be, be in all that craziness. See, I think the oldest one that I took care of, because remember I was back in the day I was doing nursing assistant stuff. Yes. And uh, he was from World War One, And uh, he would, he would slowly walk to the edge of the door. He'd look to his left. He'd look to his right. And uh, he'd say, is the coast clear? And we'd go, yeah, yeah. And he'd just look at us and scream, run! So, yeah, that, he, was, he, was a, he was a cool old guy, but he was a veteran of World War One. I've met plenty of veterans. I've been blessed to have a good conversation. I salute them. I salute our armed forces. And I Absolutely. salute you. you are, you're a good interview. You're deep. Well, thank you, Sean. I'm I'm really honored that you asked me to. Um, I, I love your show. I've listened to um, the one. Uh, I've, I've listened to your podcast. Um, the one, my favorite one, was the one with um, Sir Peyton. Right, right, um, right. Peyton Star. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you have a great radio voice, and you know, you're very easy to talk to. So well, thank you, thank you. I definitely you. think this is your calling. <laughs> well, if, if, if I make money on it, I don't make no money doing this. I volunteer for the RPA network, and like in a, then a little bit tonight, I got to do my heavy metal show, and so uh, and that's all volunteer at the community I love radio that show. <laughs> yeah, Psycho Realms, Psycho Realms, WMNF yes. 88.5, Turbo. Yeah, that's that's my shout out. Um, Aaron might edit that out, but I, I doubt it. Uh, let me you know, go ahead. I, b- before we go, I, if I may, I have a, um, a another um, a person I, I think would you would love to talk to. Um, she there's a, a docu series on Netflix called The Keepers, and if you get time, check it out. It's um, it's a true story. Um, back in the '60s, a really beautiful young nun was murdered, um, and she was a teacher in an all-girls Catholic school. And I won't give too much of it away, but it's an ongoing cold case, and um, there's about seven parts to it. Um, it was actually it's it's, it's a hit. Um, it was directed by Ryan White. He's amazing. But uh, Gemma Hopkins, she was um, on the Keepers, and she was one of Sister Kathy's students. Oh, um, she is has a lot of good insight on dreams and you know well, hook a brother spiritual. up hook a brother yeah. up might make yes, me famous i actually sent her a message before we before i called you oh really so um yeah i'll arrange that um if you just let me know what night and um because they do podcasts um called um out of the shadows i think it is um you're still trying to figure out who murdered her but there's a huge scandal that goes and a lot of uh, pain and abuse that was underneath all this thing. But she has done amazing work. Um, and because of her work, this is all, you know, the, the series. And and they're actively still looking into the case. So I think she would love to, to talk to you. So. Hook me up. Hook me up. Hook me up. Absolutely. Let me Absolutely. do my uh, my et- 
exit little thing real quick. Sure. Uh, don't forget on uh, – what day are we on? Oh, yeah, on Monday. You have Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Yeah, that's with your host, Mr. Aaron Hunter. And uh, on Tuesday, you have Aaron's Horror Show. That's with your host, Aaron Frail. He basically goes through old horror shows and old horror mysteries and anything that says it's horror and lets you know if it really sucks or not. And usually it does, but he does a good job. On Wednesday, we have Terry Davenport with Terry's Mysterious Moments cryptoids, ghosts, goblins. He does a lot of research. He's a research man. He's like, that's what I'm going to call him, Professor Terry. Professor Terry. There you go. Professor Terry. He does. He does a good job. And we got like two uh, video ghost adventure shows that are out there. So just check the, just go to realparanormalactivity.com. Most likely you're here right now. So uh, just check out the rest of the show and uh, the, the shows that are on there. Did that sound like a good pitch? Absolutely. Okay. Amazing. How do they get in touch with you, or do you not want them to get in touch with you? (laughs) With me? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, My email is, um, it's E-L-A-B-O-R, elabor at yahoo.com. That was sweet. No, you're very insightful. Very insightful, Aaron. Very Thank insightful. This was this is good. This is good. This is going in the can. This is this this is a take. This is this is a perfect show. And uh, I I want to thank all the listeners that basically were happy and able to hear your advice. Last thing, real question: uh, You have the whole world to talk to. Anything to say in your final closing moments? Well, you know, um, thank you for the opportunity, and thank you to everyone for allowing me to uh, to share. Um, all I want to say is, um, you know, if you're struggling with, it doesn't even have to be drugs or alcohol, um, um, you know, but um, if you are struggling with that, and uh, just know that there is help, uh, you just got to take that first step, but um, give yourself a chance, or if you're hurting, you know, reach out to someone, um, and just be kind to each other, um, I think love can really solve most of the world's problems, but, um, you know, a lot of people think, you know, uh, we dream about heroes, I just went and saw Avengers, um, with my son, Endgame, you know, and just watching his face, you know, when, when the heroes are in action, you know, and, and I, I think everybody can be a hero and everyone is even you know um the dad who goes to work every day and the mom who looks after the kids you know and keeps the family going um they are heroes so just love yourself and love each other and if you're struggling with drugs and alcohol get help you were meant to be so much more and thank you so much everyone Aaron, you're a hero. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have nothing more to say. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, whoever, whenever that is. Uh, that's Aaron. Aaron, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you. just stay on hold for a second. And otherwise, Absolutely. I'm going to say bye to everybody because you've been in the Sandman lullaby.